The reading this morning is taken from Mark's Gospel, beginning at verse 34. Jesus did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is the word of the Lord. It's always good to look at the scriptures together. And uh, as we look at this particular passage, it's helpful to know something of the biblical landscape. Because otherwise we overlook certain details that help us to understand the passage. And this gospel account takes place around the Sea of Galilee. Now there are two sides of the Sea of Galilee. There is the Jewish side, the people known as Galileans who lived in the Galilee. They were Jews living on the western side of the Sea of Galilee. Their towns reflected their Jewish culture. There were synagogues there. The farming and the work practices allowed the people to follow Jewish law and kosher practices. But the other side, there lived a large number of people, mainly Greeks and Romans. Their towns were formed around Roman culture. There were pagan temples. There was Roman architecture. And so in this passage, when Jesus gets to, into a boat and says to his disciples, let's go over to the other side, we understand that Jesus is taking the disciples from their comfort zone in the Jewish quarter, if you like, into the Gentile area. And this amazing demonstration of power and authority that takes place in this fishing boat is a new experience for those who are not brought up in Jewish traditions, i.e. the Greeks and the Romans, to understand who Jesus is and what his power and authority is. So Jesus is setting up a scenario for his disciples to share with unbelievers. Sharing something so amazing, when you see God in action, is relatively easy to say to anybody whether you think they believe or not because you've experienced it and nobody can take that away from you. So this is a useful training opportunity for the disciples. Jesus, of course, knows that the disciples will be tasked to share the good news to all nations and therefore it was important to train them 
in this cross-cultural ministry while he was still with them. And the essence of that training is to realize that such a task is nothing to do with composing words arbitrarily, but it's based on testimony, the testimony of what we've experienced of Jesus' power and authority in our lives. Now, the Sea of Galilee lies 680 feet below sea level. You can fly a plane there. It's the only place in the world where you can fly a plane below sea level. And occasionally the uh, Israeli RAF do that. Well, not the RAF, the Israeli Air Force. And it's surrounded by hills, especially on the eastern side, where the, the hills reach 610 metres high, which is the official figure for a hill to become a mountain. I only realised that when I was looking at this. So you can say that these hills are mountains. Um, And they're a source of cool, dry air. In contrast, the climate at this water level on the Sea of Galilee is semi-tropical, warm, moist air. And Galilee is also relatively shallow and all these factors can contribute to large temperature changes pressure changes and strong winds can funnel through that place creating violent storms without warning and that still happens today of course and fishermen often find that they go out early in the morning and they're coming back relatively quickly because they've been caught in a storm But this is not just a story about weather and a boat trip. It's a story about fear being overcome by faith. Sometimes the sea of life is rough. The circumstantial winds are strong. The waves are high. And we all know what that's like. Each of us can talk about storms or stories that have happened in our life. An unwelcome phone call, a doctor's visit, a journey that didn't turn out as we expected. Some of them will start with the choices that we have made. Some of them will be about our mistakes or even our sinful behaviour. Others will be about the difficulty of relationships, hopes and plans that fell apart, a struggle to find our way in life. Some storms seem to arise out of nowhere and they take us by surprise. Others build and brew as we watch them helplessly. Yes, storms happen. Storms of loss and sorrow. Storms of confusion. Storms of failure. Storms of loneliness, disappointment, regret. But regardless of when and how storms arise... Storms are about changing conditions. Circumstances that suddenly seem too much for us to handle. And it feels as if we're sinking. The disciples are very quick to make this storm about Jesus. Don't you care that we're perishing? And we've probably all said something to God like that in a storm. Certainly in this passage, Jesus seems absent and he seems indifferent. 
how can he sleep at a time like this? Now what I love about this passage is the realisation that Jesus and the disciples are all in the same boat. Jesus is surrounded by the same water as the disciples, blown about by the same wind, beaten by the same waves. His response, however, is very different. While the disciples fret and worry, Jesus sleeps in peace and stillness. Even before he speaks his authoritative word, he reveals that the greater storm and the real threat is not the wind or the waves or the water around us. The real storm, the more threatening storm, is always the storm that rages within us. That's the one that threatens to blow us off course. That is the one that challenges our faith. That is the one that attempts to drown us. And its characteristics produce fear, vulnerability, and a sense of powerlessness. And into that storm, Jesus speaks peace be still. The miracles that Jesus did point to his divinity, the fact that the kingdom of God, which he was always speaking about, had that character trait about it. It's a kingdom that always displays God's ability and God's authority. A kingdom where God orders things. A kingdom where prayer changes things. And where God heals physically, emotionally and spiritually. I've had the privilege of seeing one or two physical healings during my ministry, mostly in countries where medical advances are not available and mostly amongst unbelievers. And one such incident comes to mind immediately. I was in Madagascar visiting one of our missionary couples from a church that I was in and I was also speaking at the 150th anniversary of the Bible coming to Madagascar so it was an important trip and one night there was a knock at the door about 2 o'clock in the morning and a young mother was there and as the host answered the door she said uh, my little daughter is about 8 years old has had chickenpox this last week and she's now had headaches all day long and she's going into regular seizures. And uh, this, of course, is the onset of encephalitis that can come from uh, chickenpox. The problem was the nearest hospital was at least two days' drive and if it had been raining, it could take three days because you often got the Land Rover stuck in the mud. And uh, so she said, would I go and pray with this little girl? So we did, uh, the host and I, we went there and we prayed, very simple prayer, and I have to confess that I wasn't expecting God to do very much. I didn't hear a thing for two or three days, and then one morning when we woke up and went outside, there was a chicken there on the doorstep, ready to be plucked for dinner. 
and a little note from the mother to say that almost immediately that we'd left that night, the child stopped the seizures and began to get better. And over the past two days, had come to full health. And the chicken, which was at least a week's wages, was a thank you for the ministry that had taken place. Now, it's not that we should see Jesus as a miracle worker. He is the Word through whom all things were made and without whom nothing was made that has been made, who became flesh and became known to us as Jesus, Yeshua, Saviour. And what we see in this passage is that Jesus isn't changing the weather. He's inviting the disciples to change. He's speaking to the wind and the waves within them. The disciples have been pointing to what is going on outside of them. Jesus is always pointing to what is going on inside. And storms happen, as we've seen. Yet faith, more faith, better faith, stronger faith, the right kind of faith, do not eliminate the storms in our lives. Faith never changes the storm. It changes us. Don't expect faith to remove the storm. Faith will take you through it. And what you tell yourself in such a storm will determine how you feel, how you respond, how you react. Say to yourself, this is scary. I won't make it. It's going to overwhelm me. And there's no basis for faith anymore the moment you start saying those things. And you'll start to panic you'll feel depressed and everything will seem dark and hopeless. But say to yourself, this is scary, but Jesus is in control. He's in the boat with me. He will see me through. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to go through this praising him and believe his authoritative word that tells me he won't let my foot slip that he neither slumbers nor sleeps, actually, and that there will be nothing that comes my way that I will not be able to handle with him. And I'm going to come out of this storm stronger than I went in. That's what faith does. It allows us to see and know that Jesus is there with us in the boat. We're in that boat together, you and Jesus. Jesus and me. He has divine authority which is at our disposal in that storm too. All that allows us to be still, to be peaceful in the midst of that storm. The power of God that is from the Holy Spirit blows through us and within us more mightily than the winds of any storm. So, in the storms that you're facing, some of you are facing storms right now, I'm sure of it. In those storms, trust the Lord that he will see you through and say to yourself, I will trust him and listen to that voice which says to you, peace, be still. Amen.